Hello and welcome to episode number 58 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. Now obviously this week Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, everything's went down but there's loads of content here for everyone to enjoy. I, as always, am one of your hosts, Daniel McIver and I'm joined by Adam Kennedy. Adam, how are you doing? Um, can I be honest with you mate? Um, I'm in a really great place. Um, not just down to solely this football club, although they are, you know, a massive um, contributing factor. You know, the, my personal life, everything's going great. Really enjoying life down here, uni in its early stages and whatnot. And then when you have these sorts of things coupled with, you know, Hearts being the only unbeaten team in the Scottish Premiership, taking back to the top tier like, you know, a duck to water... It's just, it's great, mate. Honestly, I've not been this happy in a long, long time. Those that know me personally will know that I used to be a crab at so-and-so. But currently, you can't wipe the smile off my face, so I'm great. How are you? I'm in a very similar position. I was saying before we started recording this, if you're an audio listener, I currently look like every mid-2000s pop-punk lead singer with my hat tattoos and hair hanging at the front so it's just going great for me as well so i'm delighted that you're in the same position it's but just it's fantastic isn't it it's just it's, it's just such a morale boost like we missed this for so long everybody keeps saying it to us but it is weird that now every single week we're coming on going everything's class it's such a weird thing for life's, after life's great again exactly after like 50 episodes of Right, hi, we're back again, it's quite shite, we're getting through it, it's fine. I'm actually looking forward to when like Hearts TV upload the highlights, or looking <laughs> forward to sports scene and watching it back, whereas that championship season, it, it was an absolute mission, like honestly, it's, it's now watching with pleasure rather than it being a chore, and when was the last time Hearts genuinely made you feel like that? I know, it's an absolute novelty, however... Another aspect of the joy that we've had is other people's results, to an extent. And we will start, as we do every week, with the Around the Grounds feature. If it's your first time listening, we just run through all the results from the weekend and give our thoughts on them. So, we start off with Saturday. It was the bigger weekend with four out of the six games being played. St Johnston are continuing their fine resurgence in form with a 3-1 home win over Dundee. Dundee... Helmed by James McPake, continue to be as shite as a James McPake team is expected to be in the top flight. Uh, Livingston also continue their downward trend, as Adam will be delighted about, as we're probably going to get another week of him winding up Livingston fans, which is always fun, as they just got beaten again by another team who are resurgent, St Mirren doing very, very well under Jim Goodwin. Of course, That's the only annoying bit. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Uh, we will come to our game soon. And the Saturday fixtures were closed off by another team doing quite surprisingly well, especially in this early start. Dundee United with a comfortable 1-0 home win over Ross County, of course. Sadly marred <coughs> by the scenes we saw with the alleged racist incident. We're not obviously going to get into that, but Tam Courts' reaction at the end is incredibly commendable and fucking well in Tam Courts I'm sorry for saying that you were going to get relegated you're evidently not uh, we then move on to the Sunday games where there was two very big games as mid-table clash Aberdeen and Celtic played each other in an awful game that Celtic actually managed to win away from home for the first time this season in a 2-1 win and then 
the game that has had all the controversy from the weekend in it. Rangers managed to defeat Hibs for the first time this season, giving Jack Ross's men their first loss. 2-1 as well. Adam, what was your main takeaways from this weekend? Um, I'm sorry to bore everybody with this, but with the who scored previews that I do, I actually managed to get two correct scores this week. So I successfully yes. predicted that Dundee United would beat Ross County 1-0. Looking back at the highlights, that was pretty fortunate. Um, and the other being Rangers 2, Hibs 1. Um, and again, <laughs> the red card changes the complexion of the game, <laughs> let's just say. Um, look, the Saturday fixtures, Dundee are an absolute mess at the back. Like I, I was confident that they'd stay up, but... Those three, Dundee, Ross County and Livingston, are just honking. Everybody's mm-hmm. bound to pull away from them, surely. Um, St. Johnston, traditionally slow starters. Again, look as though they've just clicked into gear, um, but some of the goals are an absolute disgrace and it just looked as routine a derby, and I use that term loosely, yeah. um, performance that it could have been. So, yeah, f- fair play to them. Um, Livingston, I actually predicted to bounce back. I thought having won their last home fixture against Celtic, I know it was a tough week with Rangers, us and whatnot, mm-hmm. but back at the Tony Mac, and even watching the highlights back, Livy probably should have won that game, to be honest, yeah. um, given some of the chances that they missed. But St Mirren, like you say, they're putting a decent wee run together, so that's annoying that that's that obviously the case. Um, so Livy getting beat was, you know, it's one of those things. But St Mirren, I'm not happy to see win. Um, touched on United already. My trip to Tynecastle will come to because that's just going to be the large bulk of this, and it makes me really happy. Um, Sunday fixtures had Celtic to win by a goal, but I said it'd be one nil as opposed to two one. Don't know why anybody would anticipate that that was going to be a great game, given like you said, it's between two mid-table teams, both absolutely terrible. Celtic's first win on the road since Valentine's Day um, and I'm a massive, massive admirer of the fact that previously Celtic fans were singing about 10 in a row and here they are singing about an away league win um, so that just shows where that club's at uh, Aberdeen are honking by the way the fact that we're 10 <laughs> points ahead of them even at this early stage just sensational Um and yeah, Rangers Hibs will touch on because that's obviously where all the controversy arrives. Rangers, oh, better watch what I say. Actually, given the next league fixture, um, <laughs> you're a very brave man. I'm yeah, not I, was, <laughs> I was just thinking that. Which, let's just tread carefully. Um, Rangers won. That's all I'll say. Yes, um, yes <laughs> but Hibs actually started really well, and it was a decent header from Kevin Nisbet. But Ryan Porteous is just such a dafty, it's untrue. And I spoke about it on the Talk Scottish Football um, episode that's out tonight, actually, on the on the night of recording. His sheer stupidity is the only thing that actually holds him back. Like, it's actually unbelievable how daft he can be. And given that his clashes tend to be with Alfredo Morelos, he seems to have totally eradicated all that nonsense from his game and will probably, you know, earn a move away from Rangers in the next couple of years. If Porteous did the same, there's no way he'd be at Hibs for long. So, look, I, I didn't think it was a red initially, but then I see a couple a couple replays and alternative angles. He wins the ball, but it's the intent, it's the malice. 
and it's just a stupid challenge that ultimately costs them at Ibrox. So that was that was quite good. Obviously, now it means that we're the only unbeaten team within the league. Like I say, um, gonna make the most of that because we might only have a couple weeks of that being the case. So yeah, it's it's good, mate. It, uh, another wacky and wild but wonderful weekend of Scottish football. I pretty much felt the same. Um, the Saturday games, I felt the Livy St Mirren game was really impacted by the weather. I don't know if that goal goes in if it's dry because the ball kind of just sh- like scoots across. And keeper's got to save it. Good. He Lord. does, but I will give him the benefit of the doubt that the ball is soaking wet. Um, he d- he doesn't seem very buzzing about that. He he chucks the ball away in fury. Um, Ross County look awful. They just look terrible. Dundee I hate to be that same. guy but again this draw in Dingwall I know yeah, we dropped points against but, but that's, that's what I was going to say like yeah. some days we'll view it as a point picked up but given where they are it's like yeah. do, do you know what I mean it's it's the same with it's Aberdeen frustrating to an extent yeah the, the Hibs yeah. draw is the only really one um, where it's like mm, okay yeah, but again I'd like okay. to win all the home um, so but look this point come on yeah yeah it's yeah, fine exactly um, I, I actually watched in full live both the oh, Sunday games fair play that's some um, shift oh, it was not a great time the Rangers Hibs game was quite entertaining at least like it had a bunch of stuff <laughs> Aberdeen Celtic was absolutely atrocious it was such a bad game um, I can't believe Celtic was shocked that putting their smallest player in the world at front post and then it conceding straight from that at the front post was surprising I don't know why the surprise there Aberdeen just look awful Aberdeen look terrible Celtic do not look good yeah definitely Um, (laughs) I ended up being the guy who had the angles of the Ryan Porteous challenge with Connor Hazard and Jamie Insull sharing my tweets and Neil McCann liking it and Michael Stewart quote tweeting it and all that so my tweet ended up being the the tweet that everybody used of it oh well that's that's Um, good that Michael Stewart's obviously put the previous beef of the podcast behind him exactly that's great we're mates now can Tam McManus quote tweet you by any chance no he's but I'm blocked by him I've been blocked by him for a long time as is Perth to Paisley but I'm not surprisingly yet so wow wow quite, quite an accomplishment Porteous, he wins the ball, but he wins it with his hamstring, which tells you how high his leg actually is. Um, so yeah, for me it's a red all day, but as you said, listen, Hibs looked good up until that point. Hibs looked very much in control, and <laughs> Scott Allen and Jack Ross both absolutely raging at him, and quite <laughs> rightly so. Especially Scott Allen, because he then had to come off as a replacement for Dan as he was walking off. I know, exactly. Sensational. It was just... It was a very wild weekend in the Scottish Cinch Premiership however one of those games that we haven't spoken about was our game as Motherwell travelled to Tynecastle in order to play unbeaten hearts and before everything I was really worried Adam can I tell you why yeah go on because this was the first game of the season we saw each other before the game and I was thinking this is fucked it we're unbeaten all season we see each other it's going to it's going to be a disaster because I saw you before the game we were walking up together and I saw you indeed it it, it was great you know that tap of the shoulder and then that quick glance around and it was quite quite the surprise seeing you mate Um, you looked terrified when I touched on the again again because I had that exact same thought as you I was it's funny how these sorts of things work like I thought even coming up for the derby 
I was like, obviously this is my first game coming up from here, and the fact that we then don't win, I'm like, that's automatically my fault. And the fact that I had said that Gary McKay Stephen would score, and he had the best chance that we had, I was like, this is all down to me. It's, enti- it's entirely my doing. I need to watch what I say on the pod, so I think we've skipped over the Rangers game enough. Um, yes. But alternatively, I've got to say, or additionally I've got to say, that I've found a new a new kind of respect amongst non-Edinburgh and Midlothian Jambos. I mean, I thought it was tough coming in from Pennycook to watch, you know, shite performances that Hearts would serve up on occasion. How anybody makes a trip from elsewhere, I mean, you, we touched it even before we came on air. Fair play, because... Tiny been... violin for you. <laughs> Try doing it for more than a decade and a half, mate. It was, right? It was, at least I was rewarded for it, but I was thinking... If we'd, if we'd have lost to, say, any of the three jobbers that I've called out, Dundee, Livy and Ross County, if I'd made that four-hour round trip to see us lose, like, 1-0 to any of them, nobody better chat to me or nick my seat on the way back. That, that's all I'm saying. Um, it's so next home game, mate. I've got a massive respect. To it. Oh, we actually do have Dundee, don't we, in the next game? <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh, the my next. God, I swear. <laughs> oh, we better smash them now. But, yeah, well, um, a, a massive respect to all my non-Edinburgh and Midlothian jambos, like yourself, of course, um, because it just appears to be pain for the most part in the past few yeah. seasons. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, however, what wasn't pain was seeing the lineup ahead of Motherwell because it was an entirely unchanged side from the side that had just absolutely swept aside Livingston. Um, a lot of people initially went to the lack of Suter being in the squad as a bit of a worry, not for the game in hand, but just generally for his fitness. However, it was made very apparent very quickly that at the shareholders meeting two nights before, Joe Savage had made it clear that it is just a slight calf strain and that in previous seasons we've had to rush Suter back because we have no one else remotely <laughs> close to his level. But now, the benefit of depth and a good bench it means that Suter can take the time he needs especially with this international break that we're currently going through there was no point in needlessly risking them so that was the explanation behind that it had a return to the match day squad for Josh Janelli as well to the bench which was a welcome addition for me what did you think of the team when you first saw it were you chuffed that it was unchanged would you have liked to make a couple of changes what did you think um I think you know we've said on a couple pods previously that there's, or there were big advocates for if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So in that respect, I was pretty pleased. Um, I I've actually had my concerns with regards to the Livingston game and John Souter. I wasn't aware of you know a potential injury or fitness issue. Being entirely honest, my sole fear was, I know that his deal's up come the end of the season. I was thinking, have Hearts offered and he's turned it down? In which case, we're saying. I very good we'll just not continue to play you in the starting 11 so when all this kind of injury related news came out I was one relieved relieved young you're man you're the only um, person that is relieved to hear of a John Suter injury and I seem to be the only person relieved to see him not involved in the Scotland setup as well no um, I'm part of that I'm part so, of that uh, so yeah I mean like you say Gino coming back on the bench was good um, and you know, even even Robbie's comments with regards to the match, pre-match, he's talking about kind of a squad of 18 or 20 that 
seem to know their roles within the system that he can opt to select. And you've just touched on it there. You know, strength and depth, that's something that we've not had probably since Robbie's first time in charge even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's um it was it was great. Sorry, um it was great to just see it obviously unchanged and it it actually had me confident heading into the game whereas I probably wasn't all that confident previously. I think that's pretty fair. Obviously we last week both predicted draws. We predicted different draws. You predicted one all, I predicted two all. And when I saw the team I, I kinda had the same feeling. I was like Oh well, if we're on it, we have enough in this starting eleven to do something at least to to give them a game, and that was made very apparent incredibly early on. As within four minutes, a ball is played through, nice little pass to play. Barry Mackay picks it up and just kind of does a diverting pass through the line to Liam Boyce, who is on running and is going nowhere. Liam Boyce is going absolutely nowhere. He's either got to. I mean, he might even run out of a play if he doesn't make it properly, but he might just end up getting it turning, and then he has to do something. But for some reason, Liam Kelly in the Motherwell goal runs out completely and clips Boyce with his foot slash knee as he's going down to try and get it. And we win a penalty inside the opening five minutes. Now, I will say this. It was right in front of you where you are. So you had a better view of this. My initial reaction was, that's a dive. Really? Yeah. I was like, that's not a penalty. I had um, I had heard, I think it was Shelley Kerr on the sports scene panel say that mm-hmm. initially she didn't think it was a pen either. Um, yeah. It's one of them where, again, like you say, there's absolutely no need for Liam Kelly to come out. Um, mm-hmm. Because the ball from Barry Mackay, as much as it's a decent little passage of play, and it's a nice reverse from Barry Mackay, it's not... It's not a real great benefit to Boyce. He's probably chasing a lost cause there, to be honest. Yeah. But he's know how his experience. He knows exactly why Liam Kelly's come. That makes one of us. Um, and draws the foul. It's, it, it is a penalty for me. For Definitely. me, when I see the the angle of the camera that's in the Gorgie stand. Eh, sorry, yeah. the Rosebun stand. That's yeah. staring down on it. You can see that Kelly does actually make contact with... Boyce, so it definitely is a penalty. I think Boyce makes a lot of it. I think the way he goes down is like, oh, I've been absolutely halved when he hasn't. But I don't care. But exactly, something needs must. Have you seen the Scottish officials? You've got to do everything in your power to draw their attention. Um, And it was harping back to what I was talking about with regards to coming up for the derby. I was so relieved. I was thinking, yes, we're actually going to get off to the ideal start. I'm not. I'm actually going to see a score um, because I've just got that faith. Obviously, we'll talk about his later penalty, but I do have that faith in Liam Boyce that when he steps up, he will duly convert. And obviously, he did so after, what, four or five minutes. Perfect start. Absolutely. Boyce does convert for his 10th of the season. And on this very podcast few months ago now he said that his aim is 10 by christmas well he had 10 by the start of october and i'd i'd listen let's be honest i don't think he'll have expected to start this well i i think he'll have hoped to um but i think that is just kind of in line with this unexpected start the team in general has had and so much of that is through boyce takes his penalty very, very well. And as you said, you literally can't ask for a better start to settle everything down and just move into the game. No, definitely not. And I think 
him having this goal target as well, it's great that the monkey's off the back because if he's applying that pressure to himself and the expectations then met, whilst there will be another target that he's got in his mind, it's it's that little bit incentive to kind of kick on and grab a couple and look, obviously he's presented with a fine chance later on that he doesn't quite take this time. But again, it's like, it's funny with Liam Boyce, like there's games where he'll be outstanding, rightfully reaps all the rewards, and then there's games where he starved the service, but he'll still pick up the odd goal here or there. So even to have somebody of that ilk that we can depend upon, again, it's it's another luxury that we've not had for ages. Like, this Hearts team, there's genuinely so much to like about it. And it's it's a good few years that we've been crying out for this. Like, when I consider the amount of money that the fans have poured into the football club, been through some horrendous times and now it seems like we're actually like we've come out of it i feel like i feel like a freed convict almost that's an awful analogy to use that's a terrible analogy but i genuinely do like we've served our time and now we're just back out in the open again great what a what a way to convey your love for a football site currently. However, that football site... This is where I've arrested a couple of years down the line. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that football site is doing very, very well for the kind of next 10 minutes. We're all over Motherwell. A side who, listen, they've started incredibly, incredibly well. Uh, we were both quite worried about it in terms of if they're fit and firing, they'll be good. We made Motherwell look incredibly average, particularly in that first half. We have a couple of chances. Ben Woodburn does a really nice passenger play out in the far left. He plays any boys who hits the side netting. Barry Mackay is just constantly trying to go for that turn, constantly that he did against Livingston, and he's getting a lot of luck with it, putting balls in. How good's he getting, been as well, by the way? Sorry he's been to, fantastic. to cut you off there, but he, I even said it on TSF as well. He's probably the winger that we've been, we've been crying out for since Sam Nicholson left. That's you a know, fair like point. when you actually when you actually look at the squad and or the areas, and or, I did like David Milinkovic actually. That's a good point. Yeah, nice one. Thanks, mate. Um, See? See? But knowledge. <laughs> well, we didn't have that last week, and Laurie pulled us up for it. So that's true. That's you, true. You've made amends this week. Well done. Definitely. Um, but it's actually it's actually mad. Like the nick of the squad previously. Like how how could a club of Hearts' supposed size and stature have at times one maximum two wide players available from a playing squad to choose from? Like it's. It's not, it's not rocket science to to identify the areas that we needed strengthening, but the challenges then arise from the players that we do sign, and it seems like we're addressing the areas with the correct choices. And again, what novelty? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like we're actually we are genuinely. Uh, how am I best putting this? We're actually worryingly harping on about the bad times far too much already in this episode. Because we've just been starved of it. You, you are. I've not mentioned them once. But but this is is what happens when I answer the questions. Right, no further comparisons to the last few years. Other than the fact that we've now more, or we've now won more Premiership games than we did in the entirety of our last Premiership campaign. That's the last of it. 
I'll, I will That's shut up now. Well, a positive that definitely wasn't here last time in the Premiership is Benny Baringimi, who wins a free kick after playing. He does a wee turn that just gets away from his man. And I saw certain individuals, such as your friend, say there's no chance that's a free kick it's really soft despite I'm getting kicked in the shin and going down Gogsy came under a lot of criticism so um, I didn't want to really raise this because he's your mate and no, you're in the video no, I watched the video yeah. didn't it? <laughs> I was um, I was delighted that you brought this up actually because good I'm starting to I'm starting to worry about my friendship with that boy like what what on earth is he talking about it's a, it's a I've got another kind of issue with one. him by the way I've got another issue with him. Yeah, Get to raise later, but I, I'll just put it in now. He says it like in the second half at around the 70th minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. We're 2-0 up, coasting, even with a missed penalty and everything. And he's like, they're all singing like, is this a library? And it's like, what's the chant? It's like, yeah, you're Motherwell. Why should we sing about Motherwell? Like, was, who gives I a was, fuck? I was meaning to pull him up on that. And I, I met up with another Motherwell mate, Motherwell mate yes. of mine, Stevie, beforehand mm-hmm. that I did the preview with. So... If you watch that, thank you very much. Um, and Stevie's a top guy. He he loves coming to Tynecastle. Castle. Mm-hmm. It's his favourite away day and whatnot. And he he was harping on about the atmosphere. And I thought to myself, I'd get a Celtic fan, a Rangers fan, a Hibs fan, an Aberdeen fan to an extent, all saying that. But Tiny's not its most impressive for Motherwell coming. No way. So perhaps, you know... An Edinburgh derby trip for the two of us is in the offing, or something. Can I also just say, take him to a big game and see what it's genuinely like. Because I also saw, who was it tweeted it today? I think it was Hearts rant say that four four two released an episode of the top yeah. one hundred football grounds mm-hmm. in Britain, and Tynecastle's ninth. Mm-hmm. So I get it if it's a derby, if it's one of the old firm or Aberdeen, but not not for a Motherwell match. I'm sorry. Because why should it be? It, it's that who the fuck are yous we should be beating yous easily like your mother will there's, who there's cares never, there's never been any crossword or any type of rivalry between the two clubs certainly not in either of our lifetimes I don't know whether there's something from even you know 50s 60s is there any older jambos that can get in touch with us and let us know is there a beef with Motherwell of some sort have we missed a trick here because I can't recall what it is at all. But also, we were. I felt we were singing. We were singing songs I've no heard in like my whole life at Tynecastle. At one point, we were singing the Drew Busby song. <laughs> When's the last time we heard that? Um. Well, depending on what boozer you visit pre-match, you might hear that. No, um, I mean in a stadium. Like, when's <laughs> no, the last time we sang no, that? No. Um. Yeah. It shows you how well us- we're doing. Usually, that's one for the train. Isn't it great how the songbook and us performing on the park go hand in hand and then we wonder why the atmosphere at Tiny has been lacking it's for just, the past few it's, years it's just generally though like so obviously I'm at the other side of the new stand as you I'm an R so all the subs like run past us yeah, and yeah. when you're doing well every sub gets clapped doesn't matter actually, who it is or the like every the players that they're seeing come to, with the, yeah. the possibility of coming on you know previously yeah. we'd have been looking at some absolute jobbers going have we really got a resort to this <laughs> Exactly. So, isn't that amazing? How all these things just coincide with such a happy <laughs> medium. It's fantastic. Well, we did win a free kick on the edge of the box. And, Adam, it happened again. I was stood at the back and Ben Woodburn and Stephen Kingsley are getting ready to do it. And I went to my dad and nudged him going, 
I hope Woodburn's taking this because Kingsley won't score. He thinks he's got it in his head now that he's good at scoring and he won't score. However, how dare you? Kingsley steps up and in fairness, Liam Kelly didn't cover himself in glory with the penalty. He certainly didn't cover himself in glory with this free kick. However, I think there is an excuse for him because when you see it, it's that thing of it's actually just good set piece pattern from us. It's in a position where a right footer could hit it over the uh, in the direction of where Kelly is in a whip. Or Kingsley could hit it, and the assumption will be is that Kingsley will hit it over the wall into the far corner. When Kelly sees Stephen Kingsley is standing up to take it, he takes a couple of steps to his left, however, Kingsley diverts it and puts it where you would assume Woodburn would be aiming in the goalie's corner. A fantastic hit, a brilliant free kick. It was a good free kick, by the way. Despite I was say, I th- I Kelly... thought it wasn't even that good. Those were Gogsy's words. Um, Yeah, like, I just couldn't believe... Like, yes, Kelly is at fault, right? If Kelly doesn't move, he probably catches it, or at least saves it. But it's... He didn't, he? He went in! Yeah, it's like we... (laughs) Stephen Kingsley's not responsible for Liam Kelly effectively changing his mind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I thought Scott Wilson summed up superbly in that it was a sublime free kick. Um, I want to talk about... Benny Beningame winning it though I mean he was moving and grooving the mass Saturday night came early just watching him having a great time I mean what a footballer oh my god I will say this right I and this is a this is to add up to your point and just be like it's insane how good he is I think this was technically one of his weaker games and he was I, arguably man of the match and, and how good was he this is a, exactly like, these are the levels that we now have um but wait though, wait, we're not moving on for this. How was his partner that you got to see in the flesh for the first time, who I thought oh, was yeah, man of the match, in Cami Devlin? I tell you what, that pair, man. Wow. I can see where the Xavi and Iniesta comparisons have drawn. Exactly. Yeah, they might have, like, they might pass as well as those two. But in terms of a set of athletes, like, it's all right. Oh, it's it's, like, do you know what I mean? Previously, we've gone for kind of one or the other, where it's like mm-hmm. Glenn Whelan was a decent enough footballer, but let's let's be honest, like you're not relying he on him doing he the couldn't dirty run. No, exactly. All. You had to have him ideally in a three, wouldn't you? So, or just athletes that were genuinely terrible footballers. Mm-hmm. These two, man. Oh my god! Like, oh, just oh, I I genuinely can't speak. Uh, like everybody knows my thoughts on Benny Beningame he's the greatest footballer I've ever seen Cammy Devlin is up there um, yes he and, is uh, just so we're just going to make so much money we're going to make millions <laughs> off this pair Benny Beningame well, will be our club record sale and I'll be probably, astounded yeah. if Cammy Devlin's not far behind him because they're both what well, 23 both the 23. same age as me both genuine yeah. athletes I'm now starting to wonder what on earth I've done with my life up to this point, looking at the pair of them. Um, yeah, fantastic, mate. Honestly, what a duel. Sensational. Well, from one duel in the middle of the park, in Benny and Cami to another duel, but on opposite sides of the pitch, but together nonetheless, is the understated, but what has been shown particularly in the last two games, equally as important duel in the form of Alex Cochran and Michael Smith are, are we the wing from the, from the Kingsley free kick 
I've saved everything. You. No. Like, no, I just, I, I just, I just thought Gogsy's comment was just such a throwaway. It's um, insane. It's insane. And, you know, my unsung hero doing things after my Congolese king won us the set piece. It was just, I was in my element, mate. I was like, I don't want this game to end. <laughs> Literally, after 22 minutes, I'm fully thinking, this is fantastic. I could just go home now. Like, I've, I've had my fun <laughs> up, up to now. <laughs> this is brilliant. Um, and Stephen Kingsley, again, sorry to bore everybody to tears with this, but Stephen Kingsley also made the Who Scored Team of the Week. Um, mm-hmm. Tagged him in it on Twitter. He's liked my tweet, but not followed me back. So, Stephen, get that sorted Good. out. And no, get Perth Paisley keep... followed, and we'll yeah, try and get fine. you on. So, yeah, oh yeah, that's fine. oh that's fine. Yeah, just follow the, <laughs> just follow Perth to Paisley, but not me personally. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, a boys yeah. is still yet to follow me as well. Sort it out, Liam. That's because I've told him noty. That's why. Uh, nothing sure it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> but yes, the other duo of a fellow Northern Irishman, too, Liam Boyce, Michael Smith, and Alex Cochran. Nice. There was complaints. I know. What? See, I'm a good host. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> There were some complaints from some idiotic sections of the support who were saying that, hmm, is Michael Smith good enough in this system? Can he actually do it? Can he play a wing-back? Cochrane, he's too defensive-minded. He doesn't get forward enough. Admittedly, I was in that Cochrane boat when I saw him in the Premier Sports Cup because I thought, if he's not able to do it against Peterhead, Cove Rangers and Stirling Albion, how is he going to do it in the top tier? But he's just toying with us, mate. He exactly. knew. Exactly. I acknowledge now it's a slow start. You know these things; they take time. This is why it's a big learning lesson for Hearts fans generally. It takes time. Relax. Calm down. Everything will be okay. We're gonna get there. It will be fine. Um, How good have they been, though? I think Alex Cochrane's been a bit understated. I think Cochrane has been the most understated signing we've made in years. If if Stephen Kingsley's my unsung hero, then Alex Cochran's definitely yours. Yeah, you yeah, love him. I love and, him. I just and, love. And I just think he's so. class. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, as as a duo, I know that Michael Smith's what thirty three now, so yeah. he's not going to be around forever. But yes, he is. Don't do just, this to we've me. Just, we've just got to make the most of these players while they're here. He's only got. In particular. I think if Smith, if I'm right in remembering, if Smith plays four more games, he gets a year extension automatically. Oh, is that right? I think it was 12 How'd you games. Know that? That's some that's some ITK info right there. See, see I, I can shit, mate. Boys, I can he's been shit. messaging. I'm going to message yes, him off has. the account. <laughs> yes, he has. Um, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure Barry Anderson said it in an article when we, during the transfer window because people were saying about Kingsley and Smith's contracts both coming up at the same time uh-huh. I believe it was Smith was saying in a press oh, that's conference right. that they, they signed around the same time is it not yeah. May May 22 that they're both up is that right? I think so but I, th- I yeah. think if Smith plays four more games then he, he has his contract triggers an extension of a year well let's also get that for Stephen Kingsley because yeah. you know I've talked about aspects of this Hearts team Another is the fact that we've actually got a set piece. Don't want to say specialist, mm-hmm. but it feels like there's danger going to arise from a set piece. And again, we've not had that for a long time. Um, so I saw a stat, by the way. Stephen Kingsley, before he came to us, had scored one goal in his career, and now he scored seven for us. Bloody hell. Oh, well. We, we've done him a turn. He's done us <laughs> yeah, a turn. So exactly. everyone's a winner, really, isn't he? Um, because last week, even I think 
was it last week or the week before where we were talking about Alex Cochran and his set pieces, particularly his corners. Yeah, it was uh, last week because I was like, I couldn't believe that every corner he was putting in. I was like, oh, we look like we could actually do something from this. Do you know what I mean? And I get that same impression with Kingsley on free kicks. Boys from the spot, albeit we'll come to it. Um, What's to like, mate? Lots to like. Well, it makes me so happy. It's been such a long time coming. The first half kind of continued in that form. Ben Woodburn had a really good shot, just tipped over by Liam Kelly. Ben Woodburn just... It's so weird, because Woodburn hasn't actually technically contributed anything. He's not got a goal, he's not got an assist. But I feel like every game, you can just tell he's above this level. He just looks better than like most people. I was I was going to say exactly that. He, he looks lively, doesn't he? Even mm-hmm. if he hasn't contributed. I, I didn't actually think he was all that great Saturday. Um, he's probably the a... weakest player on the park. Probably, uh, uh, but, but what's it matter? You know, and and this is what I was he gonna... still played all right. Yeah, yeah like, uh, like that's our situation, and, and that's what I was going to come to later on. But we'd be as well to just say it now. I've been a critic of Robbie Nielsen, as you know, um, and sub- yes. sub- substitutions it. in games. I, I also got into a chat on Twitter with Alan about it when I was coming home on Saturday, um, and I felt like. The changes on Saturday were the correct changes at the correct times. Albeit the Halkett one's perhaps enforced. Yeah. So Andy Halliday then coming on, a wee reshuffle. I don't I don't mind the fact that Alex Cochran's got to go to left centre half, no. Kingsley to centre half. You know, I, I can cope with that. I thought that the introduction of Gary Mackay Stephen for Ben Woodburn was correct, because like I said, didn't think Ben Woodburn was having his best game. Maybe it would have been nice to have seen Gino or whoever. But, you know, the luxury is now that we've got players of Gary McKay-Stevens yeah. calibre, Josh Janelli's calibre, to come on. Um, and another one who you absolutely adore is Big Pete. And he comes on for Barry McKay just to shore things up later on in the game. And did fantastically at it, can I say. That moment where he exactly. just absolutely takes Slatter out, but gets the ball, gets up and sprays a pass, and Benny is just like, yes, beside him. It's amazing. So, I, I left Tynecastle on Saturday thinking, that was that was brilliant. Like, the second mm. half, okay, we weren't great, but the game was done. I, I can accept that. I'm, yeah. I'm of an, an age now where... I see the bigger picture. You know when you're young and you want hearts to just continue battering. I, 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 you were I, like this last year. Yeah, what we do you against, mean when you're cause young? Because we were against jobbers last year. But Yeah, but still, the, the point stands that if you've no, got it no, done no, the first half, on, like the Alloa game, look at, where we, won, where we like right. had it 3-0 at half time and then we if did we nothing to go, for the second half. If we were half. to go in the championship now with this squad, we'd go unbeaten. And that's... <laughs> we would. We would. There. But I left actually thinking I'd, I'd, I'd love to do that again. Like, I, I genuinely left thinking I've got no complaints with the performance, the result, little things like substitutions, set pieces, all that shenanigans. I genuinely left thinking that was a, a delight and not a waste of my afternoon. And again, in the past few seasons, there's been times where you just think I could have done so much more with my Saturday afternoon or as it were in the championship I could have done so much more with my Friday night the game was for free on BBC Scotland and you f- still felt as though you were being ripped off that's how bad we actually were and it speaks levels now that 
we just look good and we're mm-hmm. reaping the rewards and results from it. It's it's great, mate. I'm just I'm I'm positive. Like what is what is going on? You've turned into me. It's weird. I have. I'm fully like I think I've even gone past you in like the happy clapper stakes now. <laughs> I'm I'm convinced that we're gonna go to Ibrox and win. <laughs> well, okay, that's a big statement. We'll, we'll go back to the Motherwell game just now. In the second half started, I felt the way the first half had kind of went on, we were still pressing, really trying to get that third to kill the game, and we had an opportunity to do so as Cami Devlin gets played by Benny and Barry Mackay as a kind of duo on the right-hand side, played through, and in this is a direct quote from Cami himself, as he says, I'm looking over here because I've got it up, he says, yeah, I felt a little touch on my back and went down, but that's what you need to do. That's the situation, and that's how you win penalties. I'm just, listen, Cami Devlin, apart from maybe Smith and Haring, Cami Devlin's immediately become my favourite player in the world. I just... I love him more than life itself. He's g- because he wins the penalty and then Slattery's in, or whatever his name is, is annoyed and he just <laughs> niggles at his head and it's like, you're already booked, Cammy, and I rate the balls on that. To be like, oh, fuck it. It's worth getting sent off to wind him up. I, I didn't even realise he was on a booking and doing that. Now, <laughs> that's just raised the admiration even more. Um, <laughs> look, it's soft. I don't... It's very I, I, soft. I, I don't. I don't think it is. But ultimately, it's I think it is. He's pushed. If put it this way, if we'd conceded that, you'd be fizzing. Oh, I'd have been raging. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, <I suppose. laughs> but um, yeah, we we Aaron tweeted out, didn't he? The kind of shit housery in that number fourteen jersey. Fourteen? What yeah. is it? I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. I don't remember. Oof. Who was the 14. previous 14? I was thinking kind of Christian Nadi, there was no real shithousery. I'm pretty sure he wore 14. Nadi was shithousery though, but purely to do with Hibs. He just oh, yeah. got it up the name on the Terrible, time. but he'd still bag against the Wii team. Yeah. Christian Nadi was not terrible. I will state this. Christian Nadi was not terrible. He was very good. <laughs> He's certainly not one of the worst we've seen, but then again, that's. yeah. That's I liked Nadi a lot. Anyway, um, we have the penalty, and yes. I, <laughs> I turned to my striker. dad. Yes. Well, I turned to my dad going, he's going to miss this because Liam Boyce has never scored two penalties in the same game, ever. And you know, this is this is something that I've had a conversation with a few folk about. I, I'm not a big fan of a player taking more than one penalty in a game. And I'm, I was trying to think of players that have scored multiple penalties. James Tavernier, I think, recently... Craig White in last season? In the same game. Yeah, Wraith in the cup is where he scored his hat-trick. He scored two oh, penalties, Jesus. bottom right. How the hell did you remember that? Because I won money on it, mate. First oh, goal scorer, Craig oh, White. Oh, there's a shot. The one time <laughs> that you were on Michael Smith. Um, but, and I can remember kind of Paul Hartley scoring a hat-trick of penalties for Aberdeen. But yeah. but generally speaking, I'm not a fan. And Benny Beningame has a shot later on in the second half. where I thought Kelly that was in a full save. And that that was exactly my point. I, immediately, I turned to my, my mate Tanner that I got the games with. I was like, "Give it to Benny. Give it to Benny right now. Get him off the mark. Complete my day. Complete my life. I'll be the happiest man in Edinburgh, the Lothians, and Fife, everywhere, the entire nation. If Benny were to tuck one away. So when I see Boyce took it, I was like, "Okay, that's fine. I I could live with you know another one added to Liam Boyce's tally." Little did I know <laughs> that, that that wouldn't prove the case, but. Um, again, I'd, 
I thought it was a soft penalty anyway. Liam Kelly's obviously a mile off his line. Like, unbelievably whole, far off his line. The whole way that this penalty arises, the whole yes. taking of it, saving of it, was just a complete shambles. I'd just like to yeah. totally eradicate that from my mind. We'll move on. Just forget about it. Because um, it didn't detract from what was a, a great performance and result. Yeah, definitely. As you said, Benny had a chance on the edge of the box, kind of going top corner. Me and my brother fully thought it was in and oh, jumped so up. So yeah, these dancing shoes back on. I was just, <sighs> what an honour it is to watch him play football. And the wee moment after it, where he's gutted and Devlin just comes up behind him and hugs him, is like, it's okay. They're just the best people in the world. Tools on my heartstrings. That it really does. I mean, yeah, it kind of sums up our pod. You're more Devlin. I'm, I'm more yeah. Benny. And it actually kind of works sometimes. Equally influential duos to hearts, by the way. But yeah, let's let's go with that. We'll, we'll obviously get a shit ton of abuse for it, but yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, I, yes. I'm, I'm willing for that to be received. Bring it on. The Perth to Paisley is making a statement. We are as influential <laughs> and important to Heart of Midlothian as Benny Maringame and Cami Devlin. Without a shadow of a doubt. Arguably more influential. Right, cat, right, even we need to come to it here. Um, of course, with that Benny shot, it kind of put an end to our chances. Um, Woolery breaks, actually from the penalty save, breaks and Craig Gordon makes a routine great save that no Hearts fan really bats an eyelid at. Um, and the yeah, the game kind of just in the last... Yeah, exactly. It kind of just peters out towards the end um, and we just get our what turns out to be very routine three points and I think that's the biggest statement that obviously yes last week we're speaking about Livingston and we're waxing lyrical about it going it's the best performance we've seen in years but you do always have to take it with that pinch of salt and go it is Livingston they're not doing very well at all and there's other situations this season, like with Celtic, where obviously it was great, but there was a large period of that game where we weren't at the level we've been recently. We dropped points against Hibs, dropped points against Aberdeen, and then go away, and we've kind of fixed our away record, but obviously dropped points uh, against Ross County. That game at the weekend for me was such a huge statement, because Motherwell have been... Motherwell, I think, were the most informed team in the league of the last five games. They'd won four out of the last five and drawn the other... And hadn't lost since the opening day either, and they were kind exactly. of riding that crest of a wave, like you say. Um, and it just kind of solidified that, oh, we are now in a position where we can make a team who are doing very well and technically should be competing at the top of the week look very, very average and not a threat at all. Yeah, I, I wasn't all that impressed by Motherwell either, I've got to be honest. I think, first half, they had a chance with Tony Watt in added right time. At the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. where... I thought that was a great strike and like I said highlighted my, my fears about Tony Watt last week <laughs> so instantly I'm like oh shit but then it's a great save from Gordon how they don't score from the resulting corner I'll never know but I think in terms of that front three which was obviously what we'd highlighted prior to the match he was the only really shining light I think Kane that Woolery, Van Veen was awful he was non-existent way. mate he was non-existent and I think Woolery had that chance that you'd you talked mm-hmm. about kind of on the break it seemed as though they were just going to use his pace in behind to try and create something i thought the penalty save from liam kelly galvanized them to a little bit yeah 
they had a kind of 15-20 minute spell where they were trying to kind of creep back into it um, Callum Slattery was another one that I'd highlighted but when he's up against the greatest footballer that I've ever seen and Cammy Devlin as well it's always going to be tricky um, and yeah the, the four kind of main threats I thought that Tony Watt was the only one that was going to be a pest and it didn't prove that way at all which which again is testament to the squad back to back league victories at home back to back clean sheets just great so pleasing well, I think that is a perfect way to end that segment speaking about Motherwell. Of course, that sent us top of the league for merely 24 hours. However, we are now going into the international break, clear in second, all games played, three points above Hibs, and due to Hibs getting beat at Ibrox, we are still now the only unbeaten team in the Cinch Premiership. Um, Who'd have thunk it? I know, I know. <laughs> we will, however, now move on to some of our individual players from that performance as we're in the international break. As you can tell, we're absolutely delighted about it and cannot wait to watch Scotland play Israel for the 900th time in the last six months. Um, however, a few of our guys will be in action, or at least that was the case until today, where we saw that a player, first of all, we'll speak about, Michael Smith, has had to leave the Northern Ireland squad that he was in uh, due to injury, we do not know the extent of said injury. However, it's enough that he's left the camp. Please be fine is my main mindset right now. Yeah, hey, do you know, we've spoken about it on previous pods. He's, in my eyes anyway, probably the most irreplaceable player in the team yes. right now. I mm-hmm. think... Taylor Moore, who we haven't really spoken about, with mm-hmm. John Souter's absence, has been fantastic. Hasn't put a foot yeah. wrong. Um, and that, again, was another problem position or a, an area of concern. Um, I think should Michael Smith drop out, we've not got another right wing back. That's pretty evident. Um, so, in the shape that we play, striker was another one, but again, Boyce and Nandwili can alternate. Moore and Souter... There's no replacement for Michael Smith. So, fingers crossed that everything's A-OK with regards to him. Um, And there's been a lot of praise for Michael Smith recently, given we've now seen exactly how influential that he is, how loyal a servant he's been to Hearts. Um, So, hope he's all right um, and that he's part of a successful season with us because he's he's top man. What a player. Definitely. The other player that I kind of thought was going to get called up and it plays into two people here uh, for different nations we'll have a bigger discussion about the second one however I just kind of assumed that Ben Woodburn would get called up to the Wales squad however he hasn't done yeah semi-surprised because Mm -hmm. even was it what we'd won at Tanadice and he just made his debut Mm -hmm. and he was involved in the Wales setup then so it's baffling why He's now playing regularly. Perhaps they're just looking at his stats. And like you say, because he's contributed nothing but been brilliant, they're kind of just disregarded him totally. Um, but that's fine fine by me. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd, I don't really care. I mean, Ben Woodburn's got the thickest Scouse accent I think I've heard. So I can't imagine <laughs> that he's much of a Welshman anyway. It's probably just seen as like an additional bonus. So is anybody really all that arsed? <laughs> like I was thinking about... Our, our players within kind of international contention 
I didn't realise that Ben Woodburn even was going to be one, so you've caught, you've kind of sprung this on me with a bit of surprise, um, and that's as decent an answer as I can give, so let's move on. I think that's pretty fair. Um, and then the other two that have been called up are the Scottish guys. Obviously, Craig Gordon gets called up, and I am terrified every single time it happens because I never want Craig Gordon to play for Scotland. Because I take back what I said that- about Michael Smith with regards to yeah. oh yeah of course yeah that's true actually <laughs> um, basically I listen if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time you know I don't really class myself as a Scottish football fan I don't watch the games I'm a, I've been called by Mr Andrew Petrie he gets two mentions in a two weeks running uh, a Scottish glory hunter and to be honest I'll take it because I only care if we qualify for stuff so for me, it's just like, oh, please just don't get hurt, Craig. Obviously, he's number one uh, behind Liam Kelly and John McLaughlin. So he'll be playing in every game. So please just be fine. I don't care if you can see 10 in each game. Just don't get hurt. But he a notable... He won't. A notable... Concede, he might get hurt. But he, yeah, that, yeah, he won't concede 10. <laughs> just explain that there, sorry. Yeah. Um, a notable, potentially, omission from the Scotland squad it's not Ryan Gold despite him being a very notable omission every single time inexplicably or Aaron is, well he just had to pull out the under 21 yeah, sadly he's never got to make change. his debut for that level ever it's ridiculous um, John Souter was not included in the Scotland squad now we have both made it very clear we're delighted by this because it means that there's no chance for him to get hurt however well, a couple of wankers we are I know we're awful <laughs> But from a, if if I was a Scotland fan and caring about what happens, there is no better centre half than John Souter to Scotland available. Grant Hanley has been very very good in the national setup, not taken away from that. And Jack Hendry probably is a starting centre half and will do fine. But even if you're not taking him to start, I don't care. Scott McKenna should not be in a Scotland squad over John Souter. It speaks volumes that they've they'd probably rather put Scott McTominay a central midfield player in and amongst that back three Um, Mm -hmm. look I said it on Twitter I'd be delighted to see him feature for the national team regularly so long as he's got hearts a decent fee and is away from the club Um, because you know his injury history is, is well known there's absolutely no doubt that he is a talented footballer I mean he's absolute caviar Um. So, again, it's just it's just the selfish nature of us football fans. I'd, I'd love to see him start for Scotland, but just not right now. Yeah, I um, that's so Everton are interested in his brother, by the way. I don't know if you yeah, saw that. Yeah, I saw Everton, and I saw somebody else recently. I think it might have been Spurs. Spurs, yeah, it was Spurs. I was um, so, but obviously, he, he's, he's of... Australian nationality yes. despite yes, yes. probably being about as Australian as the pair of us are so yes. um, yeah just the Scotland caps will come for Soapy yeah. just not right now let's just ease him in and be selfish for a bit you know get it up everyone else exactly um, so this is we're in a bit of a weird period because the international breaks here as we've just said so there's no game next weekend so you might be thinking why haven't you done the Rangers preview why haven't you really spoken about the start in general that is all going to be next week next week we're going to speak about how we've felt the start has gone if it's eclipsed expectations yes is the answer to that question and kind of what is the limit 
on this team this season and in the future and we will finish with the Rangers preview. However, I just have one final point that I want to make before we finish up. I, I will go more in depth it next week. Robbie Nielsen deserves all the credit in the world for this. We have done very well with these players. These players have come in and Joe Savage is a massive aspect of these players coming in. General recruitment has just been revolutionised since Joe Savage has come in. But Robbie Nielsen has managed them. Robbie Nielsen has put them into this formation. Robbie Nielsen is the one telling them the game plan. And Robbie Nielsen, as I expected, is doing well in the Premiership. Because Robbie Nielsen is the type of manager that will just get you to where you want to be in a league. Like, every single time, apart from MK Dons, which was an, an, like a weird situation, and it's fucking MK Dons, who gives a shit? Fuck them. Wimbledon, yes. Not MK Dons. Um, exactly. I Listen, I've always made it clear I'm a big Robbie Nielsen fan. I've always stuck by him. Like, he, listen... He probably should have been sacked after Brora, but that's not for me anything to do with Robbie Nielsen. If we had Pep Guardiola, if we had George Burley, like if we had Paolo Sergio, any manager who gets beat in that situation should be sacked. For me, it wasn't because it's Robbie Nielsen. And even after that game, I was like, right, he hasn't been sacked, so therefore we keep him on. And clearly, it has been shown that he shouldn't. That it was the right decision not to sack him because, as we just said, we're currently the only unbeaten team in the league. It's not like we're unbeaten with just up eight draws. We're the second best team in the country currently. Three points clear third. A point behind league leaders, Rangers. That I still can't... I can never remember who runs the Twitter poll after every single game of Nielsen in or out. But this week, after the Motherwell game, they ran it. And for the first time, the ins was a higher number than the outs were at the time of Brora. At Brora, it was 93% out, and at the weekend, it was 94% in. I don't know what the 6% who still vote, who want Robbie out, I don't know what, the, I, they'll never be, even if we win the week, I just don't think they'll be swung round. And you, I want to get your opinion, because you, out of the two of us, you're not the biggest fan of Nielsen. I was going to say, let me explain why I cast my vote in amongst the 6%. Um, no, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> it's like, we're going to have another hour-long discussion if that's no, 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 the case. No. Um, look, this is where this, this is where it's kind of tricky for me because I know that Robbie's played a big part. I obviously know that Joe Savage has played a big part. When we are unearthing these kind of hidden gems, I, it's tricky to gauge exactly who's responsible for who. Do you mm. see what I mean? I feel as though... Yep. Benny would have been a Joe Savage acquisition, but then I know that Robbie's been a, an admirer of Barry Mackay for a while. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I can't I can't pinpoint any blame or any praise either way when it comes to Hearts making a signing that then looks good. What I will say is that us going external and appointing somebody out with any previous Heart and Midlothian connection is the best thing that we could have done because Joe Savage has done a remarkable job. Robbie's doing a great job with players that he's identifying, that Joe Savage is identifying. Um, And the two in tandem, 
every, everything's going well. The, the proofs. In they the are the most important duo currently at Hearts. Robbie Savage. Robbie Savage. Yeah, let's get Robbie Savage in. Let's get him in. It's just like an external point. Just Robbie to sit Savage him in and Stan Collymore. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Players no. that were linked and never quite came to fruition. Yeah. Now's your time. Um, that can be their duo name, Robbie Savage. Robbie <laughs> that can be their duo name. I despise that man. Um, but, same, same. But Robbie Savage, as you aptly <laughs> called them, um, or Joe Nielsen, whatever you want to go with, deserve a lot of credit. Um, and you're you're right. I, I wasn't a big Robbie fan. A big man admits when they're wrong, and I'm beginning to swallow my words. Pick up three points at Ibrox, you can have a lifetime contract. Right, no, I'm, I'm trolling, I'm that. trolling, I'm trolling, I'm trolling, I'm trolling. <laughs> Calm down. Mm. Look, life's life's good. It's enjoyable right now. So, thanks, Gaffer. There, I said it. <laughs> Through gritted teeth and hate and everything. Thanks very much, Joe, but thanks, Gaffer. Anyway, thank you all for listening to episode 58 of the Petapazer Podcast. As we said... Next week will be all the Rangers stuff and the general season review. But we do hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you have, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. It massively, massively helps us. We've seen a rise in them and we really do appreciate that. What we've also seen is a rise in YouTube comments. Uh, So if you're on YouTube and watching us in the actual physical video version, please leave us a like, subscribe and leave us a comment. We really do appreciate it. We read them all. Nothing goes unnoticed. So thank you so much for that. If you want to give us an email, we're pettapaisley at gmail.com with any topics you want us to discuss. Do you get us on the social media? It's below us on the YouTube. However, if you're just listening, it's pettapaisley on everything. You can get us everywhere. How can they get you personally on social media, Adam? They can find all my Robbie Nielsen praise on a variety of social media networks at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? I am at dmcaiver22. Yes, in the international break, Hearts are the only unbeaten side in the top flight. I don't think anybody expected that at this stage, but we're delighted and we will all see you all next week. Bye-bye. Come on the Hearts! <laughs> <laughs>